0: You are listening to Tell It From Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by Dr. Ed Stetzer, author, missiologist, and interim teaching pastor at Calvary. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, good morning, Calvary, and excited as we continue our study of God's Word. First of all, let me just say, too, that for those who gathered uh, in person in uh, at the Ziegfeld, we're so glad to have you there. We're also reminding everybody that nobody gets left behind. But we do want to encourage, as we can, following all appropriate mitigation and all appropriate health standards, that we begin to gather at a certain level of frequency. That's part of what it means to be in a church. Uh, again, we recognize we're saying two things at the same time. One want to encourage you as look to our January gathering. We'll gather once in January is our plan. And want to encourage you to come be a part of that, knowing that we're following everything, making sure it's safe um, at the same time, if that's not where you are for whatever situation, uh, we're going to walk on this journey together. But thank you to those who came, those of us joined online for our gathering December 20th there. Let me also say, too, what a uh, glorious time we had on Christmas Eve at our Christmas Eve service. I saw many of your testimonies uh, at Christmas and Calvary, and thanks for the good work that our team put together there. It's a multifaceted effort, of course, Alphonse being out leading our outreach, but also our tech people are always involved. We're super thankful for them and our whole team worship leaders. Well, I could list everybody. but I don't want to leave anybody out. But thanks for everyone who took part of that today, and for the coming weeks. We're going back to Philippians. We've been looking at the book of Philippians and uh, using it as our our book study for the uh, really the last half of 2020. Now we're going to take it into 2021. My guess is a few more months. We'll go through that. Uh, we're at Philippians chapter three. Of course, you know there's not a whole lot left in there. So maybe a couple more months. We'll see how it spacing goes. But Philippians chapter three and. I would encourage you to go back to our website, and you can follow all the old messages if you want to kind of keep up and catch up. Also, do another thing you might find helpful is to uh, do what I'll often do when I'm preaching through a book, is I'll read that book, if it's a shorter book like Philippians, four chapters, I'll read that book once a week. So I take four days, one chapter a day, or spread it out a little more than that, and I become very familiar with the text. So that being said, Philippians chapter three is our text today. I'm going to read it. It's not going to be on your screen quite yet. I'm going to read it. It's Philippians chapter 3. Hopefully you got a Bible open, uh, either on technology or or like I do, a paper Bible. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Love that phrase. Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it my own. I don't consider I made it my own. But one thing I do, uh, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Okay, so that's just verses 12 through 16 of Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to continue our study by looking at hypocrisy today. Hypocrisy is going to be our focus. The lies we tell ourselves and the maturity of true faith. The lies we tell ourselves and the maturity of uh, true faith. We're going to talk about pressing on towards maturity today. What does it look like to press on towards maturity? Uh, What does it look like? What does hypocrisy look like? And how can we see our own hypocrisy in light of the gospel? And you can go a few directions with this text. And, and, and partly because it's got, now if we slow down, we could just do something on, you know, I press on, you know, what does that mean? Uh, I love the phrase, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. And this reminds us maybe of the earlier passage, you know, work out your own salvation for fear with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you. So here it says, I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So there's so much here. But I want to look at today, you know, we're at the last weekend of the year, and I want to look at today that an honest look at 2020 will actually uh, reveal our weaknesses, God's power, and our need to press, don't miss this, and our need to press on by pressing in to Christ, right? So this is going to be my theme today. You know, I will often have a theme. An honest look at 2020 will reveal our weaknesses, God's power, and our need to press on by pressing in to Christ. So that's going to be what we look at today. Now we're going to talk about hypocrisy. I know some of you are going to talk about hypocrisy. You're like, oh good, I can't believe we're going to get to talk about those other people. Well, actually, Paul makes it very personal here, and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to look at four things. i got four points in my outline. I'll tell you what they are. Hypocrisy corrupts all people. They're all C's because I'm a preacher. Hypocrisy corrupts all people. Hypocrisy's cure is in pressing toward Jesus. Hypocrisy is controlled by our pursuit of Jesus, And hypocrisy is changed by the presence of God. So Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16, let's jump in and begin to walk through this passage, All right? So number one, hypocrisy corrupts all people. Number one, hypocrisy uh, corrupts all people, right? So everybody is impacted by hypocrisy. Everybody has to wrestle with this. And I think, again, an honest look at 2020 will reveal our weaknesses, God's power, our need to press in. By pressing press or press on by pressing into Christ so so here's what it says right it says uh, not that I have already already obtained this not that I have already obtained this now I want you to because I, I said at the beginning you could go different directions with this passage but this phrase is why I decided to um, emphasize these things in the passage even though you could have you could write whole books on on this passage right so, by the end of the year, I think it's important for us to acknowledge, man, we just have not obtained this. We have not obtained what Paul's talking about in Philippians chapter uh, three. He says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. I love that phrase. It's a reminder to us that for all of us, that in God's grace, we're still on a journey. And I got to tell you, maybe it's different for you, but in my life, I still got areas I got to work on every single day. Now, I want you to know the world actually... Is very quick to call Christians hypocrites. When I ran Lifeway Research, we did a research project, and um, we I ended up on CNN talking about this uh, live, and they gave me like seven minutes. It was, it's, you can actually find the video on YouTube, but it was this immense long amount of time. And what it was interesting, I found out later that the uh, the anchor is a Christian, right? So um, and. And so he starts asking me these questions and the research showed that unchurched people, we surveyed unchurched people, people who haven't been to a church, synagogue, or mosque for anything other than a wedding, holiday, or funeral for, um, for six months. So unchurched people. And we asked questions they agree or disagree, somewhat or strongly. And one of the questions we asked is that um, about hypocrisy and overwhelmingly people said that Christians uh, were hypocrites, people who said one thing and do another and did another. And I got to tell you, the anchor, uh, he starts saying, no, it's kind of hard stuff coming at Christians. And, and I said, well, you know, it is. And But this verse is actually a key thing. I didn't say this on CNN. I got to share a little bit more about Jesus and the gospel. But this verse is so key because it's an acknowledgement that Paul says, I have not already obtained this. I am not walking in that level of perfection. Uh, Brendan Manning has a very famous quote that actually is quoted in a DC talk song. It says, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyles. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable, unquote, Brandon Manning. Now, I, I, I actually wouldn't say it's a single greatest cause, but it's certainly a significant cause in different contexts, is that people look at us and say, well, there's they're not living it all out the way they should. And what I would say is, first of all, we're going to talk about how we should seek to live it out the way we should. We should seek to live in light of the truth of that gospel. But what I want you to see also is, I don't want you to miss, is that part of the reality is to acknowledge, as Paul does, that, you know, I I have not obtained this. I have, you know, I'm a sinner saved by grace on a journey, uh, still walking in perfection, still struggling in some areas. And there's a perception in the world that the church has got a lot of hypocrites. And what I want to say to you is, that's too right in ways it shouldn't be, but it's also right in ways it, Just is. Let me say it again. It's too right in ways it shouldn't be. There are too many of us at too many times who might lose our temper or lose our witness, whatever it may be. That's the wrong part. But the reality is it's an accurate description that I I don't always live up to. You don't always live up to who we are in Christ. We're gonna press on by pressing into Christ. And Paul just acknowledges at the beginning that this is everybody, right? He says, um, not that I have already obtained this. He just lays it out. Not that I have already obtained this. And so can we. We can say, I haven't obtained this and I'm growing in this area. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm saved by grace. And part of that is we want that hypocrisy to be addressed um, and, and in our own lives as well. And it's interesting. So the Great Awakening, which was a revival of mostly church people in the 1700s, they they, uh, they believed that they were actually um, saved, we would say, today, uh, but didn't truly know the true Jesus. The difference is uh, it's kind of, kind of like knowing honey is sweet versus tasting it. So George Marsden was commenting on Jonathan Edwards' sermon, A Divine and Supernatural Light. And here's what he said. He's speaking of the difference between mere religion and new life in Christ. Mere religion creates hypocrites. New life in Christ creates Uh, Sinners saved by grace who know that they're struggling and are willing to say, not that I've already obtained it. But listen to this quote from Marston. It says, The difference between mere knowledge about God's love in Christ and a true supernatural experience of the beauty of that love was like the difference between knowing that honey was sweet and actually tasting the sweetness of honey. Sinful people were so preoccupied with their own pleasures, they never glimpsed God's true love. Once their eyes were opened to see the beautiful and perfect love of Christ's sacrifice for undeserving sinners such as themselves... They would be so drawn to the beauty that their hearts would be changed. This is going to be a key thing. We're talking about pressing on by pressing into Christ. He goes on to say, the most fundamental disposition would be to love God and whatever god loved i love that i love that phrase we want to love god and whatever god loves this is what it looks like to be an authentic christian but we start by actually seeing what paul says we all fall short of this now i'm not saying it's okay i'm saying it is it is true that hypocrisy corrupts all people there's all of us live a better uh, talk about our life than we live all of us talk about our life than we live and what in a sense point 1 in our text is actually really articulated at the beginning And the end of our text, and you can actually see this here in what Philippians 3.16 says, it says, only let us hold true to what we have attained, right? Uh, So only let us hold true to what we have attained. A hypocrite, a hypocrite is someone who knows better, but still does wrong without acknowledgement. It's a person who denies the truth with their actions while speaking it with their lips. And an honest look at 2020, I think will reveal our weaknesses, God's power, and our need to press in press on by pressing into Christ. Because we see hypocrisy. It's easy for us to spot, right? We see it in the world around us. We, we, we People say, well, we, we see there's hypocrites all around, all kinds of people, right? But also, too, we see it in the scriptures. We see hypocrisy described and defined in the scriptures. and And, and, and again, where it says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only. So those would be hypocrites, right? Deceiving yourselves. That would be me sometimes. That would be you sometimes. Not a doer. He's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. But the tricky part is, can I also see it in me? And that's what we're going to talk about today. I see it in me. Now, let me go back to how we see it in the world around us, right? We see it in the world around us. Where do we see that? Well, let me give you an example. It's very easy for us to identify hypocrisy in others, and one example might be how, um, I remember years ago, just think about politics. There are some politicians who ran on a buy American. I'm thinking of a particular person, but if I say it, and this person's from one political party, I gotta give an example of the other political party. So let me just make it generic. And this person said he got to buy American and, uh, but then it was found out that they were driving a foreign made car. Now that wouldn't be a big deal if this candidate hadn't made the focus, uh, by American, or let's give another example we've seen a lot of politicians on both sides of the aisle, political leaders, elected officials, uh, people serving administration, who said, don't gather with people, uh, you know, for the stop the spread of coronavirus, the coronavirus, and don't gather with people, and then, then themselves gathered with people. And so we know immediately that there's something wrong in the world around us. We know immediately that we can actually see that hypocrisy is real and evident. And if we see this hypocrisy, it bothers us, right? This is why it ends up on the front page of the news. It might not even be that big of a deal. They might have had an explanation for it, but at the end of the day, they were strongly speaking about something and then they themselves were doing something. So that's what we see what hypocrisy ultimately looks like. Now, if that's what hypocrisy looks like, what does it look like for uh, the Christian? Again, for the Christian, it's always a little easier to see it in others. For everybody, it's easier to see in others than it is to see it in ourselves. Whereas for the Christian, we actually can and want to grab a hold of the fact that it's in us too. We are all sometimes hearers and not doers, which is why the Bible spends so much time reminding us to be doers, not just hearers. Right. So it's got to come back to, can I say, I see it in me? Because I think this is the key thing that Paul's going for here that I want to make sure we get is that in, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in the Word of God, after a beautiful look at Christ in Philippians chapter 2, Timothy and Epaphroditus as examples of Christ in Timothy chapter 2 uh, and, and into 3, and chapter 2 also, you know, talking about how I grow spiritually, working out my own salvations, God working in you. But the reality is um, hypocrisy. Paul says, I haven't obtained it. And acknowledging that, in a sense, helps people understand that, yeah, we're kind of acknowledging that we don't always live the life that we strive for. we got to press on by pressing in to Christ. So that's going to be a key theme that we're going to talk about here, press on by pressing into Christ. And again, 1 John 4.10 is one of the many places in the Bible where there are these cautions about saying one thing and living another thing. If anyone says, I love God. And, and hates his brother. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love the God. Cannot love God, whom he has not seen. So clearly here in John, uh, John's writing to Christians, saying that you can't like say one thing and live another. Paul's acknowledging that his life is not perfect. Her hypocrisy corrupts all people, and he says, "I have not obtained it, and I'm not perfect." It's a good place for us to start, right? To acknowledge that. And it does eliminate self-righteousness. It does eliminate us, you know, strutting around saying that we got all this together when we don't. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is hypocrisy's cure is pressing in, is, is, hypocrisy's cure is in pressing toward Jesus. Hypocrisy's cure is in pressing toward Jesus. Again, look at the passage. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect. But I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. Paul's literally saying I'm not fully mature. That was Paul saying that, right? Uh, he gives three ways to had not arrived. He says I'm not obtained. I'm gonna work in progress. We all are. I'm not already perfect. He's still he's still uh, growing as we are as we all are. Uh, I, I press on. It's not where you are. It's where your life is heading. And Paul's reminding us of that. But even he, especially he realizes that we are pursued by Jesus. It's not us working it all out, it's God working it in us. The cure for Paul's hypocrisy is actually to be taken hold of by Jesus. The call, the cure for Paul's hypocrisy is to be taken hold of or is in pressing towards Jesus. Paul is saying Jesus claimed me and I need to lean into this truth. It's not religion, it's relationship with Jesus. And it's this kind of prayer here that the psalmist prays in Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know me when I sit down, when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before words on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you knew it. You know it altogether. You hem me in behind me before me and you lay your hand upon me. Listen, pretending that you have it all together doesn't fool anyone. Certainly doesn't fool God. But acknowledging that hypocrisy's cure is is in pressing towards Jesus will actually help you acknowledge that I haven't attained it. Remember, number one, hypocrisy corrupts all people. Number two, hypocrisy's cure is in pressing toward Jesus. And I want us to do a little reflection back to 2020. An honest look at 2020 will reveal our weaknesses, God's power. I relied on Him for strength and growth, and our need to press in, by, by to press on by pressing in to. Christ, right? So that's why want to keep coming back to that over and over again. Let's go to number three. Number three on our outline is that hypocrisy is controlled by our pursuit of Jesus. I, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to claim that I can achieve perfection, but I do want to say that I can walk and deal with hypocrisy by having an attitude like this. But one thing I do, Paul writes, forgetting what lies behind, straining toward what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now again, remember my recurring theme, right? An honest look at 2020 will reveal our weaknesses, errors I gotta grow. I'm not saying it's the only thing it'll reveal, I'm saying as we look to this passage, reveal our weaknesses, God's power, and our need to press on by pressing in to Christ. So Paul says, one thing I do, one thing, forgetting what lies behind, straining toward what lies ahead. I press on, I press on how, by pressing in because he says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we don't escape the hypocrisy in this life, but we can control it or have it under control by running the race God has set before us. We're always going to judge ourselves by giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt, right? Judge others by the worst standard. These are all just part of who we are, human nature, right? So, you know, maybe you've seen the bumper sticker. I don't remember last time I saw this bumper sticker, but it said, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. That's good. That's good. I would add to it. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven, and we know both, and we aren't perfect, and yet we are still forgiven. Okay, that would be not really a bumper sticker length. But well, Paul uses the term press again, but here in the context, it's of pursuit. So Paul is using an athletic reference to the, the church would recognize kind of as Greek um, athletic games were very popular at that time like a runner who runs towards the finish line. Sometimes the race, the journey of life gets very hard, but they keep straining, keeps pressing on. And this is where we have to deal with the question of our past, right? If our past is preventing our pursuit of Jesus, mistakes we've made, faults, failures, and more, uh, you see what Jesus says. Um, he, he speaks life to us, right? He, over and over again, in the words of the gospels, Jesus talks about being forgiven. And here Paul says, forgetting what lies behind. Today's a new day. You have another day. You have a fresh day, right? Uh, The the writer in Lamentations put this way. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. So right now, today, you get a new set of mercies, right? They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So so there's a very clear picture I don't want us to miss is that uh, we got to leave some things behind into 2020. I know a lot of us are like, let's just leave 2020. But, you know, there are things that might be unforgiveness that keeps us from going forward, or unbelief. We we don't have full confidence in Jesus' work dying for our sin. Uh, We can let go by faith and move forward. Or maybe it's hurtful words, things that have hurt us. Uh, And it could be the place where it's been so hurtful that we need someone to help us walk through that. And you can contact one of our pastors. We can connect you with counselors. Those can be things we can do. I, I heard a pastor say this. I really liked it. I can't remember who said it, though. Your past does not define you. Your failure is not final. Maybe that's a word for the, from the Lord for someone today. Your past does not define you. Your failure is not final. Now, why? Because when we talk about these words, right? Hypocrisy corrupts all people. Hypocrisy's cure is pressing toward Jesus. Number three, hypocrisy is controlled by our pursuit of Jesus. We still recognize that we got issues we got to grow through. I do too, right? If you're thinking, yes, I'm a hypocrite, a dirty, rotten scoundrel, you know, but before God... You're a precious child. You're forgiven, so you can acknowledge like Paul. You know, I don't, I don't have it all together, um, but at the same time, I can press on. I can leave the past behind, and Paul speaks of it so clearly. He says, he says, for the goal, the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is what we need to focus on. So our goal in 2021 is not to live a perfect life. Uh, there's always going to be a distance between the, the God we want to serve. Distance is the wrong term. There's always going to be a challenge that we're going to serve the Lord in perfection and we're not perfect beings, right? So our goal is not to live a perfect life, but to pursue a perfect savior. And remember, an honest look at 2020 will reveal our weaknesses. And that's not a bad thing to do. Look back into your weaknesses, God's power, right? See how God has worked and our need to press on by pressing in. To Christ. So the question is, what are you pursuing today? What, has, what drives you? Is it status? Is it the achievement of something? Is it being mentioned or noticed by somebody? Is it a financial metric? Is it a, is it a fame metric? Is it an appreciation metric? Well, the, the world is always going to pursue those things. And I would say we want to be the best we can do whatever God has called us to do. But what's interesting is, is that the world will never fully acknowledge who we are in Christ. But we can walk in the truth that, you know, the world's going to point out our faults. Christ points out his his perfections and the gift that he has given to us. Again, so hypocrisy is overcome by the ongoing pursuit of Jesus, which leads us to number four in our outline. Hypocrisy is changed by the presence of God. Now, here's where we're going to get to the heart of the matter, right? Hypocrisy is changed by the presence of God. Remember, there are four things we're talking about. Hypocrisy corrupts all people. Hypocrisy's cure is pressing in towards Jesus. Hypocrisy is controlled by our pursuit of Jesus. Hypocrisy is changed by the presence of God. Now let's take a look at the rest of the passage. It says this. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Okay, this is a mark of maturity. And if, anything you think, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Love that phrase, right? Let us hold true... To what we have attained. Now, Paul shifts from his example, his own personal example, to exhorting the church. He gives three things. He says, think this way, this, you'll, the mature will hear God's voice. Think otherwise, God will reveal it to you, so stay near to him, hold true. This changes hypocrisy into consistency. And that's what we're looking for. It's not from hypocrisy to perfection. It's from hypocrisy to consistency, acknowledging that I, I've attained in Christ's new life. I want to live up to who I am in Christ. I, I want to actually be, as Paul writes elsewhere, uh, not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This is maturity, right? This is maturity. It's an acknowledgement that I, I've not attained it. Now, let me tell you, this is, this is really important because I think Paul's model here is so good. Um, we all talk a better Christian life than we tend to live. Uh, every sermon, every pastor I know who preaches every sermon holds up the perfect, well, I mean, if they're teaching, the, preaching the word of God, holds up the perfect standard of the word of God. And I want you to know, I want you to hear this. I don't always live up to the perfect standard of the perfect word of God. I too struggle. And all of our elders, we started Philippians chapter uh, one with talking about elders and deacons. Can I tell you, I'm gonna give a little secret here. Every one of our elders doesn't live up to the fullness of who we are in christ every one of our deacons everyone in our worship leadership everyone on our staff everyone who's a member everyone who serves on a committee all of us have to acknowledge that we don't live up to the standard not only the standard of god's perfection but sometimes the standard that we speak of or talk of now the reality is is being why would i why would i acknowledge that to you well partly because you'll need to know that that I I, I want to be faithful to the Lord, but in my faults and imperfections, by acknowledging them, I say to you, I don't want to walk in hypocrisy. I want to walk in pursuit of holiness and acknowledging as Paul, the apostle does. I've not attained this yet. I have not achieved this yet. I'm not there yet. If Paul's not there yet, you're not there yet. If Paul's not there yet, I'm not there yet. Right? So, so by acknowledging that we actually get a better picture of who we are in Christ. because one of the challenges that happens is that pastors often never share their own faults. And as we get to know each other over the coming weeks and months, you'll hear me occasionally, I've done this before, I share my own struggles and my own faults, here's why. I don't want you to think that there's some point in the Christian life where you leave behind struggles and failures and faults and and all those things. I have them, all our elders, all our deacons, Paul, everybody has these faults. The only one who lived a sinless, perfect life was Jesus. And because he did, he died on the cross for our sin and in our place and took our sins and took our faults and took our struggles. And now I'm a new child in Christ, completely forgiven, walking in grace, born again, forgiven my sins as far as the East is from the West. And I spend the rest of my life pressing on till I can press in towards Jesus and grow into who he's already made me in Christ. I am this child of God. I am this forgiven person. I am walking in freedom and I'm acknowledging that I haven't attained it; that I got a ways to go, and we're all on this journey together. And that kind of approach is not the kind of approach they taught us in seminary. And pastors have had to. Uh, we were taught actually not to not to share we struggled with people, because then what happened is people would say, "Well, that pastor's not perfect." I'm gonna tell you, every pastor, our next pastor is not perfect. Jesus is perfect, and we're made day by day more like Jesus, and that's what we want to walk in, and we want to walk. Towards, right? And the promise here is so beautiful if we just go back a little while to where we were just a few weeks ago. For it is God who's at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Listen, God is giving you both the desire and the ability to grow. So if you want to grow towards Christ, let's take it at the end of 2020, because 2020 had all kinds of challenges, we know that. But an honest look at 2020 will also reveal our weaknesses. This has been a time. When in the midst of struggle, we have struggled ourselves. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, It's also revealed God's power, right? Thank God for how he's worked in 2020. And our need to press on by pressing in to Christ. So I don't know where you are, but as a Christian, loving Jesus more deeply and living more like him every day is God's intent for you. That's what Paul puts before us. That's the invitation I want to give you today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you to receive by grace and through faith, the good news of the gospel, and to trust and follow him. If you're a follower of Jesus, let's walk in who we are. Remember, an honest look at 2020 will reveal our weaknesses, God's power, and our need to press on. I press on by pressing in to Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord, we acknowledge that we need more of you in our lives. We need um, every part of our life to be flooded by the power of God. Uh, Father, we 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 do pray. We know that we've been made whole in Christ. We know we've been forgiven. We know we've been made clean. We know we've been given new life. Father, we know that's who we are. At the same time, we know we have not attained all of who have you made a, who you have made us to be. So, Father, I pray that we'd be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Our lives would be changed. We would become more like Jesus. I pray too for those who don't know you, Lord, that you might even now encourage, embolden them to to reach out to one of our staff, our team, with the many means that we have to connect through online and have those conversations and say, well, what next? How how might I respond by grace and through faith? Father God, for me and for us, I pray that we be reminded by Paul's example that none of us have attained it yet. That hypocrisy is walking in a lie. We're not seeking to walk in a lie. Instead, we're seeking to say, we haven't attained it. We're trying to walk in it. Help us to know, help us to grow. Help us to draw into who we are in Christ. For it's in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Tell It From Calvary. If you feel led to give toward the local, national, and global ministries of Calvary Baptist, please visit cbcnyc.org slash give or call us at 212 0170. We hope you join us next time as we continue to tell it from Calvary.